Every day we hustle in a pilots and Pictar's podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pictar's podcast. This is Drew, the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of the podcast. This is Liz. I'm mother of single cat, the spark plug, and keeper of hot takes as I dole them out as I will. And I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot, critic, and Kenny of the podcast. Unfortunately, Hoisters, the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers, is going to sit out this episode. And this is a podcast with nothing much to ado about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Uh, disclaimer, petard is a word. It is a real word. And petards are bombs. Look it up and read your Shakespeare. Uh, Pilots and Petards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast network. And we would like today we would like to thank today's sponsor, the Biden Foundation, for this ad-free listening. So, Dr. Jill Biden, you're welcome, and join us sometime in 2019. And here's a real quick fuck you for Bill Maher for thrashing by the pop culture tar pit like a dinosaur. Bill, I won't call you Mr. Maher because you have done little to nothing to earn my respect, and I sincerely believe I might mistake you for Dennis Miller, vice versa, Bill. It's fine to criticize old movies by today's standards. It does nothing to diminish your relationship with that movie, and if people picking apart the rapier aspects of 16 Candles disturbs you, please reevaluate your relationship with that film and not your relationship with an entire generation of people who think that 16 Candles is indeed kind of gross. In addition, young impressionable people still watch these movies, and commentary in your surrounding media is served on a voluntary basis. So once again, I know you're not used to people so openly and brazenly disregarding your baby boomer opinion, but just please fade away as quickly as possible and quietly too, but mostly quickly. Contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival. If you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us and you can repay your debt by clicking on the link for survey in the show notes. And by doing so, you can win one of two $25 gift cards to the company of your choice. Remember, we need to get 50-plus responses on the survey, and we will give out two $25 gift cards. Uh, the survey is for loyal hosters only, so to be eligible to win, put your name and contact information within the first question. We want honest feedback on the survey, and we will alter Pilots and Pertard's podcast in response to these surveys. So speak please give us five to 10 minutes of your time and we might just give you 25 bucks. Uh, the random drawing will be January 1st of 2019. So join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the philosophical murder mystery true detective will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Fellow hoistlers, what is your background on this show? Um, I knew of this show. I think it's kind of funny. I've heard it's like very good, but I obviously hadn't watched it previous and I... I heard commentary that the reason Matthew McConaughey won an, an Oscar uh, the same year as the show came out was actually because the he did a better performance in this show than he did in Dallas Buyers Club, which I think is kind of interesting because now I think he deserves the Oscar, even though True Detective is not a movie. <laughs> I had watched the whole series probably close to when it came out. My, my uh, father had told me about it and he really enjoyed it and said I had to watch it. And I, Mrs. Nomalous and I, blew through it in a short amount of time and i remember really enjoying the series maybe could have trimmed a little bit shout out to zero i watched the first episode when it came out i heard really good things and it looked very interesting i thought the first episode was great but then it was like coming out every sunday and things happened and i got to things and i did not make it a priority and also it seemed like kind of like a hard smart show you had to pay attention to and that makes it hard to play with your phone so i like to do that during television uh, Liz, do you have a two-sentence summary? One weirdo detective and one basic Louisiana man detective hunt down a serial killer who's really into urban outfitters. 
So stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap about this. Yeah, that's an excellent one, Liz. Thank you. I worked really hard on that. Jimbo appreciates brevity. He does not like the television shows that last an hour, although apparently he's, you know, he's saying good things about this one. Spoiler warning. Jimbo, what are we in for right now? This is our spoiler-free mini episode. So this is where you decide whether you want to watch the show or not. And you're going to join us in a few days for the extended discussion. But right now we're going to our high point, our low points. And eventually we're going to evaluate and judge this kind of somewhat the first episode of True Detective. High points, low points in between. And Jimbo, you got a lot of you got a lot of notes. You go first. I'm just going to get right to it. This this is a very strong pilot. Lots of high points. And I would say very shallow, if any, low points. So one thing that, that we've talked about a lot in previous pilots is moving back and forth with time usually is a low point. This show has done a really effective job of, of bouncing back and forth a lot with time. And and it kind of works because one of the characters looks significantly different. So it, it makes it pretty easy to tell. And then the settings are very distinct as well between time A and time B. Yeah, that was actually a high point that I said, too. I thought that, like, using an interview of the cops about a previous case, like, set in the present was a really cool storytelling device because it made it um, visually interesting to bounce back between the two protagonist points of view. And it also kind of made visual sense as to who we were getting to know when. So we as the viewer are always one step ahead of the two cops because we're the only ones who are getting all of the information at the same time, except for, I guess, the detective. I also, in regards to the time thing, uh, I actually really like when going back to Shakespeare, at the beginning of Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare actually tells you how it ends. Um, so I kind of always like when shows take a brazen approach. And not that we know necessarily how it ends, but we know the two main characters stay alive. We know um, whoever they catch for this murder is not necessarily the murderer or not as it seems. Um, so I, I can always commend a piece of media when when it's willing to give you parts of the end right at the beginning. Um, it shows that they're really confident in kind of the journey more than the destination of the show. Well, there's a couple of really clever things they do um, with the past and present timeline. I won't talk about it now, like remind me of spoilers, but I like rewound and like paid attention to a very small detail, but it kind of changed the way that I viewed the pilot. And this this episode, I think it's better each time you watch it. So I watched it twice and I'd already seen it once before. So I've seen it at least three times and each time I enjoyed it more. I feel like this is a show that has hidden things. Like there's a lot of things that are you don't catch the first viewing, which is always when it has like rewatchability. That's really cool. And Liz had mentioned something last week about the lack of confidence with Game of Thrones because they had to rely so much on nudity and excessive violence. This show did not. I think that's why I really loved it. It implied very horrible, terrible things. The I think the most violent thing they did was like was one character slapped another character, and it was two males. I think that is a really great point, especially since um, it's not really a spoiler, but the first murder victim is female. She's found in a very compromising position. She's clearly undergone extreme trauma prior to her death, but. I mean, outside of that just being uncomfortable and traumatic, it wasn't nearly as traumatic as watching Game of Thrones for me. They did not need to show that horrific right. incident. Uh, I want to get into a low point. I often talk about opening credits and opening themes. Um, this might be the worst one we've watched because I, I went on and watched. I loved the opening credits. Yeah, no, this uh, was good, dude. I thought it was better mm, than Westworld. Uh, well, here's the thing. I feel like Westworld was 
quite subtle and tasteful and like went with like the tone of the show like the tone of this show is like very much the mundanity and then also like but still kind of like the horrors of like the gothic south you know the gothic noir that's kind of like it's its own subgenre i think within fiction of like you know kind of the romanticized like neo-gothic south and that was the tone of the show but like the freaking the opening credits cranked it to 11 i was like you're not subtle I was like, this is not subtle. You are not subtle. It is long. It is very long. Um, oh I want to time gosh. those credits because I, I watched more than one episode. And by the third episode, I was just like, plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds, plus 10 seconds. I was like, dude, there were like those like stiletto pumps that had the little spikes on them on like the bare ass with like the people's faces <laughs> in it. And I was like, that is not subtle. I got what you were doing 30 seconds ago. Uh, someone was having a lot of fun with a new program that they found. And someone did not tell the editor to just chill the fuck out. I, I think actually the reason I like the opening credits so much is because I am an editor and I do occasionally have to work in Adobe Premiere mm-hmm. and I just really, that takes a lot of talent whether or not you like it. So I may be really biased, but I did enjoy the opening credits. I will say kind of a similar high point. I really like the sound design in this show. I know that's a weird thing to say and I actually, it might just be HBO shows because Game of Thrones has really great sound design too, but I really enjoyed the sound design in True Detective and I also, I thought the music score and the music choices they used were really well done. I'll agree. I'll definitely agree with that. Like I thought the show was one of the best technically put together shows that we've watched this entire time. Um, It really didn't have a weak point for me in terms of sound design because I think like what I really enjoyed about this show was that... I don't think anything really extraordinary happened. Like you said, the biggest piece of physical violence was like one character slapping another. So it's not like there was like a lot of frenetic action on the screen, but it was engrossing the entire time. Oh, for sure. I'm just going to uh, maybe throw out one one more and then we can move on unless anyone else wants to toss out something. But the conflicts in this pilot are great. I think a lot of times we, we talk about conflicts be cliche or are done a lot. And granted, maybe the one of the conflicts is kind of standard for like a crime show. But the other conflicts within the characters, I think, are very great. I mean, I think both of the the acting and the chemistry, which chemistry is a weird word for the relationship between Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey's characters, but the chemistry they have uh, is really kind of funny. And and it's one of those things where, like, they low-key hate each other. (laughs) I don't think chemistry is a bad word to use because Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are megastars, like – they're very famous people, and so for them to inhabit these roles and for us to enjoy the show plot-wise as much as we did, like, they did have to have chemistry, because, like, I'll say it, like, Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington play Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington every movie they're in, and it's great. Like, people pay money to see it. I pay money to see it, you know? But, like, they're not actors who, like, immerse themselves in different roles, whereas, like, McConaughey and Harrelson, and especially McConaughey physically, really committed to this role, and I think their chemistry as, like, the two main people who play off each other in the scenes, but also play off each other in the interviews was like so important. So I I really agree with that idea of chemistry between the leads, because I think that's what creates the show. I lied. I'm going to throw out one more. The philosophy in the show. I absolutely love the philosophy aspects of it. I think what was cool about the philosophy is that um, it wasn't abstract philosophy. Like you saw a lot of like their viewpoints and kind of like the way they viewed the world through their actions. So I know that like some shows Maybe Westworld got a little bit like high-minded and abstract in terms of how it discussed and dealt with philosophy, but I think True Detective really looked at like non-abstract choices based on like people's personal philosophies. To kind of go off of that, as someone who has lived in Louisiana 
for part of her life and has family from Louisiana. Um, there were a lot of moments where Matthew McConaughey's character would, you know, pull out things that are clearly academically based, academically sound. Um, and then, you know, Woody Harrelson's character would be like, that's not real life, which is very much kind of a dichotomy you see within the South. You see within almost blue collar, white collar uh, mentalities, because even though they're both detectives, one felt like a blue collar detective and one felt like a white collar detective. And I think that was really interesting. Um, Matthew McConaughey's character is very much fish out of water, doesn't feel like he belongs back road, Louisiana. Right, uh, one last high point that I just want to throw out there, too, um, is the last line of the show and the last shot was great. And it made me actually watch the second episode. Like we talk about shows being intriguing and then every week we're like, I might watch this. I might rewatch this. A lot of times we don't. I watched the second episode right after the first episode. It was a very strong last line. I almost did, but I actually decided not to because I didn't want to get anything like confused yeah, between that, episode that one and two since this is such a it, – it is a show you really have to pay attention. Um, it's a show where – even though not a lot's happening, a lot happens. <laughs> so I, that's, but I would like to go back and watch more episodes because this is a very compelling drama. Perfect. So that ties us right into the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Drew has already watched. Liz is going to probably watch the second we stop recording. I might go back and watch the whole series. I, I might just stick on YouTube and just watch clips of, of Russ Cole as well, because those are really awesome. Well, wait a minute. Actually, I have an update here, an update from Drew and Mo. I was three episodes in, but then we watched Game of Thrones pilot, and I'm now on like episode 10 of season one. So I'm at the season finale of the first season of Game of Thrones, and Mo is on episode seven. So I was Gross. into this, like I was going to watch it, but winter is coming and winter came. So so were you guys trying to watch it together? Like, did you Netflix cheat on Mo? No, I didn't Netflix yeah, cheat on Mo. We're living like, our lives. Sounds like you did. It sounds uh, like you Netflix cheated on Mo. Yeah. We're we're accountability buddies. I am holding <laughs> her up. I love you, Mo. All right. So just had to correct it right there. Okay, well you definitely watched it. That counts. Drew watched it. Regardless of his, his Game of Thrones boner, he watched it. It's raging. That boner might be like valid though. Oh, it is completely valid. Listening to the episode over and over again while I edit. I just feel like we got noboed so hard last week. It just was not good. Jimbo, I'm going to go up to your description and I'm going to make you the anti-millennial hipster. You hate Game of Thrones because it is popular. And that's, it's not good. You hate a lot of things because they're popular. It's okay, Jimbo. I'm just going to go edit. That's not a reason to hate something. I just want to... I don't that's hate what it. Hipsters that. I just, do. You just hate it? You're just saying not nice <laughs> things about it and that you don't like it as much as like we that's thought we hate. did? <laughs> oh, words mean things, Jimbo. Words it's just hate strong is what disdain. you have for, for Bill Martin. No, it's just... okay. It's not as good as we placed it. It should be lower. You guys, you guys mm. no-boed me. All right. <laughs> moment we've all been no waiting for. To hoist we no or not to you. hoist. Yeah. That is the yeah. question. Is anyone going to hoist this episode? I'm not. No. no. Oh, gosh, no. People should watch this show. Yeah, this is a very good pilot. All right, and so now we are going to move into Mo's favorite section of the show, the Put It Anywhere Guys quest for the best and worst pilots ever. We have a running list. It's on our website. And I think this one is way up there. I was going to say, I think this is better than Game of Thrones. Oh, way yeah. better. Wait, yeah, this was much better than Game of Thrones. I think Game of Thrones was somewhere around like 22-ish. I thought we decided 15. It should have been. Yeah, it was. It's way too high. Oh, 15? Oh, no. Guys, Game of Thrones is very good. 
I'm getting boxed out here. If Mo were here, she'd be throwing spicy elbows. Okay. Well, Mo um, is the master of nobos. I know. Which means that she understands the power of the nobo and can get past it. Jimbo, you're blindsided. And now you're taking no responsibility for your nobo. Okay. Um, I'll start at Dexter. This is better than, this was way better than Dexter. Okay. I'm willing to make a giant leap, dude. I think this could be the greatest pilot. Whoa. Hot take alert. I could see it going below This Is Us because they're drastically different shows, but I think this is a contender for best pilot ever. You think this is better than One Punch Man? Nothing gets past One Punch Man, Jimbo. This was better than One Punch Man? I think so. Why? Yeah, I mean, One Punch Man is is shorter. Um, but One Punch Man no, has I mean, true, more philosophy. True detective. <laughs> These rationales are so, like, loose. <laughs> Welcome to my world. No, I did world, that for Liz. Drew. I did that. No, I did that for Drew. You know, you, sure you guys you keep did. teaming up on me all you want. I'm the editor, okay? Freud I will just erase you guys and put in whatever I want. This thing will be the best show. The reason I think the conflicts are extremely strong. The we we have extremely shallow low points. The credit, the opening credits is not even. I don't, I don't even consider that because it's that's not, not even the story. show. That is the show. It's part of the show. <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. Did. Yes, yes, it is. What happened for that like minute and ninety seconds? It has absolutely no contribution to my evaluation of a pilot you then then you're not evaluating the pilot holistically my friend then i'm Do you not evaluate not. the end credits sometimes <laughs> who evaluates the end credits it's not a someone, who's, movie? someone who really takes their pilot viewership seriously pose you slackers it's one knock is it's lacking female characters that's would be my reason for putting it below into the effing world and this is us but did russ's daughter get fridged if the answer is yes I think I I could consider it not being fridged if there were other strong female characters, but there are no other strong female characters. So that is literally a dead girl for the sake of a man's, man's story. There is a wife and some hookers, neither of which are compelling. So you're saying it's a flawless pilot. I'm like, oh, there's a fridged child. All right. So there's a fridged child, but I think <laughs> that's a... All right, Drew, place it. Um, I... It can be up to you where it goes above or below One Punch Man. All right, we'll put it below. There you go. I'll feel good about that one tonight, tomorrow, and for the rest of my life. That's a very strong showing, man. It's a very strong showing. I think it was Shafted. I think it was Breaking Bad. Hey, man, you know, you threw the ball in my court, and I'm playing squash. All right, so Hoistlers, now we're going to jump into the Petardar. These are recommendations for listeners based on the pilot viewing experience. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I really like... George Pelicano's novels, he eventually became a writer on The Wire, but he writes these kind of hard-boiled, mm, serial killery, murder with a twist, crime novels, mostly based in Baltimore. And I also want to recommend um, the Paradise Lost HBO documentary trilogy. Um, it's a really good documentary trilogy, and the murder in this show is somewhat reminiscent of the deaths in that documentary. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was reference material. And also helped to seriously affect the outcome of the criminal case i have a recommendation i would say if you enjoy true crime uh the podcast my favorite murder is really fantastic um and then less on the detective edge and more on like just spooky serial killers the there's a netflix documentary uh called evil genius about the pizza bomber uh which was like a few years ago now but it's really spooky and that's also a wildly weird case uh that doesn't quite end the way you think 
All right, I have, uh, of course, there is a a YouTube video that someone edited, a fan edit of Russ Cole philosophy of pessimism. It's pretty much just like a bunch of his weird philosophical takes from throughout the first series. I think it was like maybe ten minutes long, but check it out. It's it's very interesting. And then there's an interview with the writer creator of the show, and he kind of talks about philosophy as well. So, I, I, and that was an article. So. Um, Hoistlers, go ahead and join us next time for a longer spoilerific discussion. Yeah, so we'd like to thank Jake Drew for the intro-outro music. You can find a link to him in our show notes, and you can get your own intro-outro music. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those good places. Check out Liz and Drew at But Why Though. They write stuff, and we'll see you next week. Every day we hoistle in, pilots and batards out. See you in a few days, a couple days. Happy Wasteland!